Hey everybody, welcome to Podcasting for Brands. My name is Graham Brown. Welcome to the webinar, folks. It's you and me for the next 30 minutes. We're talking about podcasting, brands, podcasting for brands. That's what we do. And by the way, everything here will be available on my new podcast, Podcast Maps. Go and check out podcastmaps.com where I'll be sharing really a guide if you like, a map into the world of podcasting and what you need to do to really ace podcasting today, because it's getting harder, folks. You can't hope to crack podcasting today without some quality data. So podcast maps, you'll go and find the podcast. Thanks for joining, everybody. Um, I'd love to know who's here. One of the great things about webinars is we can do this at scale, interact even though this is the first one, we're really just getting started. So thanks for joining me on the first one. Love to know who you are. There is a chat box right down there in front of you. Um, this is what I want you to do. Just in that chat box, just say hi. Hello. Where are you from? I probably know you by name. It just kind of gives me that feeling that I'm sitting here talking to you directly rather than just talking to this webcam. So let's see who's in the house. Say hello. Um, first one in. Uh, we've got hi from Shanghai. Hello, Kapil. Thank you very much for joining today. Hopefully you will enjoy this webinar. There's a few insights coming up. I know you like these. Hello from Singapore. We've got hello from Malaysia. Hello from Hong Kong. Um, hey from Vienna. Yeah, I know who you are. Hey, George. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, it's just you and me now for the next 30 minutes. We're talking about podcasting. Hello from Armenia. You know what? I think that's possibly the first um, webinar guest I've had from Armenia, which is fantastic. So hello, Armenia. Thank you for joining. Hi from Antwerp, Belgium. So we're represented all over. What is the time there? It must be morning. Oh, great that you are joining in for your breakfast. Um, hello there in Singapore, Charles. Thank you very much for joining. I know you can't be here for the duration, but the fact you're here is great and you can catch the rest of it in the podcast. I'll be sending a link to everybody. This is what we're going to talk about today. Coming up, um, what I want to share with you are some insights. We've got some data. We have some analysis of where we are in podcasting right now. I'd also like to talk a little bit about, for example, how does Wondery get two to five million downloads a month on its podcast? Uh, we'll unpack the secrets of their success. And let's talk about Elon a little bit. And um, what's he up to? So, What's he up to? Clubhouse, obviously a big part of what he's riffing about at the moment. So I want to talk about Clubhouse. I want to talk about Fireside, some of the tech that is really impacting podcasting as well. And really, you know, we can sort of keep this quite open. You can ask questions along the way. I'll do my best. Um, you know, this is not a big stuffy conference. If you have questions, ask away. I'll do my best. If it's not 100% relevant to the subject right there and then, I'll ask, I'll answer it at the end. But I'll do my best as we go through um, to answer your questions. This is the four um, points really I want to cover today. Stats, Apple and Spotify. Guys, if you're in the podcasting business, you've got to understand what's changed with the Apple and Spotify algorithms. I've learned the hard way. You know, I did 500 episodes for my podcast. I'll talk about that in a minute. And, you know, it took me 500 episodes to realize what I was doing wrong. I'm not producing the podcast, obviously, but, you know, the organic traffic thing. And I want to share some of my insights. So you don't have to make those mistakes. I've done it for you. I'm going to share a little bit about the data, the algorithm behind Apple and Spotify. We'll talk about Clubhouse as well. And then you can get the guides. I've got a free guide if you're interested in SEO, um, more data on podcasting. So some useful tips. It's free. I'm giving it away to my friends um, just because I'm that kind of guy. I like sharing information. I'm an oversharer of content, if you like, and that's why I'm here in podcasting because it's a natural home for people like me. Um, but not just me as well. I think one of the interesting trends right now, and this gives me a lot of hope, is we talk a lot about who is consuming podcasts right now. There's a great article. Um, it's in the Democrat Gazette about young people and podcasting. And a little bit about the background to this. This article is about how it says here, podcasters are growing up mic in hand. And it's talking about teenagers who are podcasting now. And I talk about why that's really important to us as an industry. It's not just old guys like me. It's the next generation, generation alpha, as they call them. You know, the, after generation Z, 
there's Generation Alpha. They're the next wave coming through. That gives me hope. In this article, it talks about how young people are podcasting and increasingly not in the prescribed way of how podcasts should be consumed or used, which is an important key point we'll come back to in a minute. There's a great story in this article, if you can dig it out, about how this chap called Nate Bookkus, he has recorded his own podcast. He's now set up a podcast agency to help brands start podcasts. He's been on the Ellen show on TV. And here's the kicker, guys. Nate Bookkus is 10 years old. So that gives us hope and maybe a little bit scary as well that a 10-year-old is doing the same thing as me. Um, and probably better, actually, but that's something else. Don't tell that to McKinsey. So there's got a 10-year-old kid who has a podcast agency. It really tells us about the future of where this is going. And that gives me hope because there's a great quote by William Gibson. He invented the word cyber. He said, the future is already out there. It's just not evenly distributed. And I spent my whole career working with young people and technology in a previous life. Uh, I wrote a book called The Mobile Youth, Voices of the Mobile Generation. Um, it's on Amazon and you know, five star, well, four and a half stars. Some people are a bit harsh on Amazon. Um, so if you do buy it, give me a good rating on Amazon. I published this 10 years ago, uh, to 2012. Time flies. That was the end of my youth mobile career. I spent 12 years starting in 2000 talking to uh, young people and then talking to mobile phone companies about how young people use technology. You know, what was really interesting in 2000, for those of you who remember 2000 in the good old days before Clubhouse, before Facebook, before Twitter ruined everything, in 2000 when it was still the internet and brochureware on the internet, um, I went around mobile phone companies. I was knocking on the doors of these mobile phone companies and say, hey, I've seen the future, guys, young people using mobile phones. And, you know, mobile phones in 2000, like, you know, big things. And I said, I've been to Japan. I lived in Japan. I saw young people in Japan, teenagers, teenage girls using mobile phones, decorating mobile phones, these little pink phones, round phones, like cute phones with amulets on it and stickers and texting. This was 2000. And you know what they said to me? Nah, we don't do kids. Those were their very words to me. And that's a very big mobile phone company who uh, are based in the UK and it's probably one of the biggest in the world. And I was knocking on all these doors and people say, no, 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 it's not kids. It's not kids. We believe the future of this technology is middle-aged road warriors. And what I mean by that is middle-aged guys like me who have money, who have the need and are easy to sell to. But you know the story of mobile phones and what happened. The same with music and the same thing is going to happen, folks, with podcasts. And you heard it here first, that the future of podcasts is not with you and I. The future of podcasts is with our children, the next generation, generation alpha. So let's have a look at the consumers and what the trends are as well. Let's have a look at some of the statistics here. And uh, if you want some of these statistics, just ping me as well. Um, I, this is the stuff that I publish regularly. So right now we're at 500 million listeners a week globally, uh, which is like a, obviously a benchmark moment that we've crossed. What's really interesting about this stat is that it started as a USA thing. You know, it was an American thing. We all like Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss and all that stuff. They started this thing, right? But now the number one market in the world for podcast consumption based on penetration rates is South Korea. Think of that. When the next time somebody says to you, Ah, uh, we don't listen to podcasts in Asia. Well, the last time I looked, South Korea is in Asia and they're pretty Asian over there. So that really is an indication of where things are heading. You know, the USA isn't even in the top three markets in the world in terms of penetration. And we here in Asia, for example, 4 billion, 4 billion customers, potentially, you know, they say the 
um, they say that by the end of 2030, two thirds of the world's middle class will be living here in Asia, a combined value of $30 trillion, $30 trillion. That's twice the size of the US economy today. Now what happens when their kids, that generation alpha mature and start consuming and producing podcasts, everything's going to change because it ain't going to be a market of 300 million in the US. We're talking a market which is 12, 15 times bigger. We're very much at the early stage. If I could put this into a parallel um, of where we are in the world of the internet, we're about 1997 which is a very, very long time ago, which is about where I started my internet journey. You know, not in getting one of those CDs that you put into, yes, I did do that actually, but I had a business back then selling websites, um, you know, selling websites, scanning brochures and selling them to companies. It was great. You know, companies would spend thousands of dollars, dollars on brochureware. You could scan their brochure, make six-page websites, and sell that for thousands of dollars. And that's what people bought back then. And that was exactly what was happening. People were using the mindset of the previous technology and importing it into a new technology. And the same thing is happening in podcasts today. People are thinking about podcasts as media or thinking about podcasts in terms of radio. And I want to think about it differently. And that's what I want to share with you today. And one of the reasons why we are at 1997, let's have a look at the next slide. You know, in the 90s, one of the reasons why websites were popular is because let's say, let's say you were trying to phone a store to get some information about the opening time. I want to buy some garden furniture, right? And so I phone the garden furniture store and boop, 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 boop. It's busy. It's busy. It's busy. I can't get through. I phone them and they, I ask them, have you got the new um, vintage garden chair in stock? And then the guy puts the phone down. He goes out the back. He looks for it and comes back and says, oh, I can't find it. I need to ask my manager, right? That's how it was. And then somebody came along and invented e-commerce and websites. And they said, actually, this website is a more effective communication interface for business. So rather than you phoning the store, you can go online and just check this and you can get opening times and you can get maps and directions. And interestingly, in the early days of websites, one of the most searched terms in e-commerce was store opening hours, right? It just goes to show how people were using websites. They just needed to get information that was difficult to get Fast forward 30 years into the world of digital transformation. And the digital transformation now is communication. Now, what is the problem that we have now in the world of post-COVID? The problem that we have is if you're a leader in your organization, your problem is you can't do breakfast briefings. You can't do analyst lunches. You can't do events like you used to do, right? And it's very difficult for me to connect with you, the CEO of your organization. I want to know who you are. I want to know what you stand for. I want to know how authentic you are. I don't want to know just the brand. People aren't interested in brands. People don't follow brands. People follow people, not brands. So who are the people of your organization? And what podcasts offer is the equivalent of websites to business. I believe and this is my take on working with business brands now for several years in the podcast space, that podcasts will do for business leaders what websites did for businesses, i.e. a more effective communication inf interface than what there is readily available. You can see the kind of questions that people want to know. People want the CEO to speak up. So what does this mean in terms of where we are today in podcasts. Take a look at the curve. This is the adoption curve of podcasts and where we are today. If we can look at the next slide, we're about 10% of the market. If you look at the classic adoption curve, we're really at the beginnings, the first third of the early adopter phase, meaning that if you look at the data and there is some data in my SEO guide, and I'm happy to share any data if you want consumer data on podcasts. Look at the data of how people are consuming podcasts. You've got two groups. This is really important, guys, to know because if you are in the business of telling people about podcasts, what you're going to find is somebody say to you, 
Nah, like uh, I know your podcast should be five minutes long. And the interesting thing is the guy who's saying that is an observer. He's not a consumer. And then he complains like, yeah, maybe your podcast should have video as well, because I like video and all the kids today using TikTok. So you should have video as well, right? And so what then happens is businesses are listening to this noisy late majority, these noisy laggards who aren't consuming podcasts. They don't get it. However, if you look at the real numbers and it splits into two, bystanders, heavy users. Bystanders, nah, I don't get podcasts. Heavy users, I love them. And you look at what heavy users are doing. Look at the top podcasts in the world. Joe Rogan, two and a half, three hours. You look in the business category, you've got people like, for example, Tim Ferriss, 90 minutes an episode. You've got, for example, Gary V publishing 30 episodes a month. So the next time somebody says to you that the podcast should be five minutes long and once a month, ask them, when was the last time they listened to a podcast? Because I guarantee if you look at what's happening on the stores right now and how the algorithms are changing, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that the algorithms are favoring long form, sticky content that gets people coming back. Look, Apple and Spotify don't want to play the TikTok game. They're not in that business because it's a game they will lose, so they won't dress up their platform to compete against TikTok. It's not their business. They know their customers, and they know their customers want to go long form, deep, and keep coming back. So what it means to us as podcasters or agencies is that we have to understand how this algorithm works and play it to our advantage. And I want to share that with you now, what the hacks are to hack the algorithm. So stick around to find out how to do that. If you want to chat with me, I'm happy to chat with anybody here that has podcast challenges. You know, I love podcasting. I've been doing podcasting forever in the days when I used to have a tape recorder and a microphone. That was my entry-level podcast when I was about 10 years old. Um, it's taken a bit of a while to get to this stage, but you know I'm nearly 50 years old. Um, I was a little bit ahead of the curve with podcast. Didn't call it podcasting back then. But if you want to chat, folks, take this QR code, scan that bad boy there. Just take your phone, scan that. You, you know what to do. You've done this like, I don't know how many times, checking into malls now. Um, if you want to chat with me, if you can't scan that, there's a link coming up in the chat box. Just scan it, book in a time, no obligation. Chat about the projects or if you're interested in partnering, um, you just have questions, I will happily take all of the above. Coming up now, let's talk about the Apple and Spotify algorithms. Why do we need to know about this? Okay, before we get to this guy, and this is one reason why we need to know about it, because these guys know about it. They're getting two to five million downloads a month. This is Business Wars, the number one podcast um, in... Oh, no, actually, they're not number one anymore. They're number three, if you look at the rankings. And we collect the rankings on our podcast maps application. Uh, they're not number one anymore, but you can just get an idea of what it means to be top 10 in your category. The reason why you need to understand the rankings is this. Need, you need to understand the algorithms that make the rankings. Um, think about us in terms of the analog of Amazon. So Amazon publishes books. It's a platform where you can search and discover books. It has millions of books and hundreds of millions of customers. Now, what Amazon wants you to do is buy lots of books, right? It doesn't just want you to buy Malcolm Gladwell or you know, like Daniel Kahneman. It wants you to buy lots of books right? Those are good customers. That's why it has Amazon Prime. So to play that game, it needs to make sure that you can discover what you want that's relevant to you at that time, right? Some years ago, like even after I published my book, Mobile Youth on Amazon, um, you could simply publish a book on Amazon and you would get customers. That's how it was in the early days. Oh, there's a book. I'll buy that. People were just excited. They were early adopters. Wow, a book. I'm going to get that for my new Kindle. That was the early days. So publishing meant you got an audience. Build it and they will come. Then it got very competitive. Then you had CreateSpace and Amazon Kindle self-publish. What that then meant was that a lot of people started publishing podcasts. And you know, 
every next person has a podcast now. So that means supply and demand, which therefore means that in the Amazon context, they said, actually, we're not going to give you any more traffic for your book because it's not dressed up to meet the algorithm on Amazon. We're going to give you less and we're going to give it more to this guy because people are buying this book and they're coming back and they're giving it good ratings. And we want that kind of content. Now, let's put that into the context of Amazon and Spotify. What does this mean to you? A few years ago, and I'll say this because I had a podcast a few years ago, and simply having a podcast was enough, right? It was enough. You got audience because, oh, look, there's a podcast. I will listen to that. Or, you know, people had to have stuff for their device, right? That was a few years ago. So everybody had this strategy, which was, all right, I'm going to do a podcast and I just need to get good guests. I'm going to get good guests, ask my guests to share with their networks and just keep this thing going. That worked three years ago and it doesn't work now. Things have changed radically. What isn't working now is the old guest strategy. And this is very common in business, which is get a guest get a good guest, have a good conversation, spend all your effort in the podcast, working with the guest, making a good story. Once it's done, share it with the guests. Some of them share, some of them don't share. Um, if you're lucky, they share, it blows up. You get a lot of traffic. Guess what? Traffic dies. You start all again. What is going on? The reason that's happening is Amazon, sorry, Apple and Spotify algorithms are playing against you. Uh, let me explain a little bit here what's going on. So imagine you get John on your podcast. John's great. He's got a big audience. You get John on your podcast. John shares it with the world. John's mum comes. John's auntie comes. John's brother comes. All John's office come and they listen to the podcast. Yeah, John on the podcast. They don't subscribe. They just listen to it because it's John right? Now what happens is you get Mary on the podcast. None of John and his fan base listen to Mary. They don't give a shit about Mary, right? That's the reality. They only care about John. So this is what's happening. People are coming to your podcast, listening to John. Apple and Spotify are watching. Okay. Is this interesting content? If it's interesting content, people will listen to the next one, right? That's the same with Amazon. And what's happening now is people aren't listening to the next one. There's a huge drop-off. So you know what Apple and Spotify are saying? I ain't going to promote this because it may be something they can get a lot of people through the door, but people aren't sticking around for this podcast. I want to see people listen to Mary's and I want to see people listen to Bob's. And if you can get that podcast, I will promote it. And if I promote it, I'm going to give you the fire hose, the fire hose of organic traffic. But if you just take my fire hose and you waste it because all these people drop off because that's what I'm seeing from the analytics and I ain't going to give you nothing, right? So the key now is on-store promotion. And I'll talk a little bit about this before we talk about the SEO part. Now, most podcasts, and I say this because I've worked with podcasters for years, you know, I'm a podcaster. I've done this the hard way, right? There's a difference between off-store and on-store promotion. Years ago, off-store worked, right? Friends, newsletters, social media. That was a big part of podcast promotion. Just get people through the door. And there isn't much competition, so they will stick, right? Now there's a lot of competition. Now it's about on-store promotion. So to get on store, you need to understand how the algorithm works. And this is how it works. Two ways. Firstly, search. Okay. If I'm searching, before we go into this, if I'm searching for, you're giving it away, engineer. <laughs> yeah. He got excited there. Maybe he's telling me to move on. Come on, Graham. Move on. Time. All right. If people are searching, I want to tell the audience this, engineer, just allow me to give them the key point and then we can jump on to the next slide. If people are searching for garden furniture on your podcast, sorry, garden furniture on the store, and you're a garden furniture podcast, they're going to find you. You're going to come up at the top, right? That's great. And guess what? That guy finds your podcast. He then subscribes to your podcast. He then listens to 20 episodes. Apple, Spotify, watch that. They then say, wow, this is like really aligned. This is like really engaging content. I'm going to promote this. So the first part is SEO. SEO is playing an increasingly important part of your success. 
Secondly, the key part to your success is ranking. You need to know what category you are playing in on Apple and Spotify. And if you have a look at my podcast SEO guide, you can see from that how important category choice is. So for example, like some categories like nonprofit have 4,000 titles in it. Some categories like entrepreneurship have 17,000. So there's like a 4X difference. It's all about competition. Find the niche that you work with, dominate that niche. Because if you're number one in that niche, it doesn't matter. You're going to, it's an exponential curve like this, right? Amazon, sorry, Apple, Spotify are going to funnel a ton of traffic to you if you can get top of your niche. Doesn't matter if it's an if it's nonprofit or education. When really your tech dominate the niche. All right, and why? Well, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. This is the impact of building organic traffic on a podcast. If we look at for example, Wondery, two to five million downloads on their podcast, one of the top ranking podcasts in the world. That is the size of the fat head of traffic in a category, right? And most people probably, you know, hundreds, thousands if they're lucky, right? But the top guys are getting millions. And the reason is, is because Apple and Spotify are funneling a ton of traffic to them. And the reason is this, is there's a long time ago, a story of a king. And um, what happened with this king was that a vizier, a wizard came to visit him at, if we can have a look at the next slide, came to visit him in the court. And he said to the king, um, you know, I've got a gift for you, king. I've got this beautiful, ornate chessboard. And the king looked at him and said, hmm, okay, what do you want? Name your price. And he said, but vizier, I tell you this, if you name a ridiculous price, I'm going to cut off your head. And the vizier looked and said, no, king, don't worry. No, sire, I wouldn't do that. Look, this is an eight by eight chessboard. And all I want is simple. I want one grain of rice for the first square on the chessboard. And then I want two grains of rice for the next square on the chessboard. And then so on through the eight by eight squares. But I tell you this, that I'm a little bit concerned, my lord, that you will not be able to afford the price that eventually I will ask for all of these squares on the chessboard. And the king laughs, nonsense. We are a wealthy land. We are abundant. We have all the rice in the world. Listen, if you're that worried, I give you my guarantee that if I cannot pay you, I will give you my crown. And the king laughed, thinking that he got himself a good deal. And the very next day, what happened was the vizier's people came to the king to collect their rice. And that is how the vizier became king. And let me tell you the secret of what's going on. On the next slide, this is all about compounding. And the key to growing your podcast is compounding. Yes, one piece of rice, two pieces of rice, four pieces of rice. But by the 40th square on the board, the price was over 2 billion pieces of rice. And then by the last square, there was more rice in than in the whole world. That is the secret of compounding. And what does that mean in terms of your podcast? Let's put it in the context of a chart so we can see the difference of how somebody grows compounding and simple. So we know this in the financial world. If you grow money, the simple interest. It's a huge difference to compounding. And really what I want to impress upon you today is how you can compound your podcast audience. Because if you have a look, let's take it in the next slide here. If you can unlock the algorithm, then you can build organic traffic and compound. You know, look at the numbers. If you grow your audience 10% an episode, 10%, an episode. You will double in seven episodes, right? So if you've got 14, that's quadruple and keep going 10%, 10%, 10%. And every time that you grow, you go up the rankings on Spotify and Apple and these guys funnel you more traffic and therefore it compounds up. And this is what I talk about with my podcast clients about alignment. Now, what is alignment? Let's have a look at that on the slide coming up here. Um, alignment really means driving highly aligned 
listeners. Now, something you need to pay attention is, have you, if you have a look at um, Apple, for example, these uh, small, but looks a little bit innocuous, these little stripes on iTunes, and this comes up on the app as well, uh, will tell you what other people listen to, right? Apple has this mechanism, the same as Amazon, right? And to get into this bar will drive you a lot of traffic. So the question is how? Firstly, you've got to be in the top. You've got to be in the right category and you've got to be aligned to that podcast, right? So the fact that listeners also subscribe to, that will drive a lot of traffic from that podcast to yours and maybe back again as well, right? And now what these platforms are looking for are aligned listeners. So what is alignment all about? This is all about, let's look at the next slide. Alignment is key to unlocking organic growth, the key to compounding, the key to working on your podcast as opposed to working in it. Um, let's have a look at alignment. There's, that is the difference between an aligned and an unaligned podcast, right? The difference being is that um, an aligned podcast has an audience aligned to the podcast. It's as simple as that, right? If you're getting lots of John's guests, they're not aligned. They're John's friends, right? If you're getting people interested in garden furniture, they're heavily aligned if you're a garden furniture podcast, right? And that is how you need to grow. And I tell you, I've done this the hard way. My podcast itself, I did 500 episodes, sorry, 502 episodes, Asia Tech Podcast on the next slide here. Um, you know, that was a podcast, I mean, it says 494, but the, the last eight dropped off because <laughs> it couldn't actually take that many on Apple. So I stopped in uh, 2019, did 502. I mean, I set out to start a podcast to prove a point that um, I wanted to uh, do 500 episodes. And I think when I got there, I thought, okay, that's great. I've proved a point, but what did I really grow? I try to grow this, the simple, com not the compounder, the simple unaligned way, just get really good guests. I had great guests. Look at some of the guests, you know, like, and people say, oh, I've got some great guests on my podcast. I had this guy on my podcast, right? Um, you know, he's like one of the biggest celebrities in business in Asia, right? Um, so top that, right? But that wasn't enough to grow the podcast. Yeah, agreed. It, it got me business with Air Asia, but it didn't really grow the podcast. I mean, he shared it, his people shared it, uh, but it didn't grow the podcast long term. So how did you grow that podcast long term? Well, you know, this is what I was doing that you know, what I found is I was getting celeb guests and uncelebb results. That's the reality, right? And a lot of people, a lot of my podcast friends mention this, is that a few lucky ones blow up because they really are aligned with their audiences. They know who their audience are. They're targeting a specific demographic. They're very aligned on the keywords, the, the messaging and so on. Um, but everybody else seems to be doing this sort of unaligned approach, like just guest to guest. And it's like hand to mouth. And, you know, I've done this as well. And uh, the only time I really cracked it was when people started paying me to do podcasts. And this is like, if you look at the next slide, the kind of companies that I was working with, um, you know, these guys won't pay me to do 500 podcasts just to kind of like try it out. I had to figure it out really fast, right? So, you know, what is the alignment part? Really, what is it about? And this is what I learned is that, you know, the key to organic growth is alignment, and you've really got two choices. If we can just skip these couple of slides here. Um, so there's the unaligned strategy and the aligned strategy, right? Um, let's talk about both. So if you can have a look at the next slide. Um, so this is an example of a highly aligned strategy is that firstly, you should be ranking number one for your keywords, right? So if people are search, searching for Grant Cardone, like, and Grant Cardone's podcast should come up as well as all the other ones he's related to. That's pretty obvious, but you'll be surprised how many people aren't even ranking for their own terms, right? So for example, if you have the garden furniture school as a podcast, if somebody types that in, you've got to come up number one, right? And you can use, we, we have a keyword tool for this. It's not public at the moment. It's currently in beta, but we can track the keyword performance of podcasts. So you can see which categories you're ranking in. You can see, for example, what keywords you're ranking for or not, as the case may be. I'm surprised even with some brands as well, they're not ranking for their own podcast because what's happening is some guy who's got a highly aligned audience who talks about that brand in his podcast is ranking higher because he's got a couple of episodes about that brand, right? So you've got to make sure firstly, 
how do I rank for these keywords? And it's dead easy. You need to go back. For first of all, what I say to people now um, is first of all, pick four to six keywords, terms, right? Not just words, but phrases that you stand for. So if you're garden furniture, pick garden furniture, antique garden furniture, garden furniture restoration, vintage furniture, etc. IKEA furniture, if you want. You pick your keyword terms. These are topics, right? So these are the topics. Now, what you do is, let's say you've got 40 podcasts in the tank. You've done them, right? Go back to each and every one of them and seed your podcast with those topic keywords. That's how you can start. That's how you can improve your SEO without doing any new episodes. Now, what's going to happen now is you'll start to get align traffic. And one of the reasons why you need to do this is AI. So if you can have a look at the next slide, you know, what Apple and Spotify are doing now is exactly what YouTube's been doing for a number of years. And um, what uh, Amazon was doing with Look Inside, Search Inside, the Gutenberg project, right? You know, they were they was indexing inside the content for years, right? Amazon did it, a massive investment in Search Inside. YouTube did it. YouTube has SoundScan, which is if you upload a video, YouTube will listen to your video, right? No, there's not a guy there listening going, mm. it's AI based, right? They will transcribe the whole thing in the background. And the reason why they do that is for two reasons. Firstly, uh, like, is there any music in here, which is copyrighted? That's one thing. And then the second thing is like, what's really in this video? And the descriptions and the tags on YouTube are pretty crap, right? But if I listen to the video, I can get all the descriptions I can get all the real tags that are inside here. Because, you know, for example, you may put garden furniture in your description once, but you may be mentioning it a hundred times in the actual audio. And the same thing is happening because, and the reason it's happening is because the average description on a podcast is 450 characters long. That's not enough, right? You know, if you think about the average 60-minute podcast, that's like 6,000 words, right? So, I need to know what's inside that because if I have a better understanding of what's inside your podcast, I can compete better with Spotify and vice versa. So increasingly, the platforms are listening to audio. This is not public yet. This is in trial, in beta. This is happening now. And you can, be, you can guarantee that, okay, back up a little bit, Graham. You can go and change all your descriptions now, right? You can go into your podcast platform, change all your descriptions, and then rank for those SEO keywords, right? What you can't do is go and change your audio, right? You can't go and change 40 episodes of your podcast. So when this starts happening, and it's going to happen because it's already happening, right? But when this starts happening to all the podcasts on the platform, you can't change your back catalog. It's done. So you need to be using podcast SEO keywords, just like I did there, so hopefully when people search for podcast SEO, they're going to find podcast SEO on the search because I may only put podcast SEO once in the description and podcast SEO once in the title. But I've said it, I've said podcast SEO many times in the audio. So it's much more relevant for an online search. Now, don't do it in a spammy way like I did just then. A bit of fun, right? I mentioned podcast SEO many times, but I'm just having a bit of fun with you. But the point is, is you do it in an intelligent way, mention it. And, and seed it into your conversation. Just be mindful of it. If you're about garden furniture, mention it. This is a podcast about garden furniture. You know, they may only scan the first two minutes and last two minutes of your podcast at the initial flyby, but start doing it because it's going to affect your ranking in time. Podcast Maps, this is a product that we've been working on. It's not public yet. Um, a lot of the data that I'm sharing with you now is available for the guide, the free guide that you can get from podcastmaps.com, which is really just an indication of what's coming um, in the world of podcasts and how you can stay ahead. If you're interested in chatting to me and the team as well, here's the link that you need coming up for a quick podcast chat. And as I show you this link coming up, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Clubhouse. And uh, not just Clubhouse, but Fireside and also a few other tech platforms that are out there that are impacting audio right now. There's the link in the chat box if you want it to book a 20 minutes with me. Let's talk about podcasts. I got some data on, sorry, let's talk about Clubhouse and podcasts. I got some data on Clubhouse at the moment. Um, let's bring Clubhouse up. No doubt, obviously, um, this dude has had a big impact on 
Clubhouse, and not just him, you know, you've got people like Mark Cuban, who's launching Fireside app, which is a rival to Clubhouse, a little bit different, more podcasty than Clubhouse. I like Clubhouse. I think it's an amazing um, development. I think, if anything, it's going to help podcasting. Um, let's talk about that in a minute. Let's have a look at some of the data on Clubhouse first. If we can go back a slide, we jump there. So the statistics, you know, it launched, it's just less than a year old now, and it's crossed a million users already. Um, a lot of it focuses on a specific demographic, you know, the, the sort of Silicon Valley types, you know, Elon Musk is very much an embodiment of that. If you have a look at the growth numbers on the next slide, you can see just how fast this thing has accelerated. Um, it's gone from, you know, a million to over 10 million in two months. It's phenomenal. Amazing growth. So people read these sort of distant signals and they say, well, hang on a second, that means the end of podcasting, right? Well, hang on a second, let's just back up. Firstly, you know, the great thing about this is audio. This is the audio era, the audio boom. And I put it to you this, is that audio, you know, you, you can tell the naysayers this, like audio is the only, only channel that cannot be faked by a machine. I'm saying that, guys, as a podcaster and an AI graduate of 1995. Now, I know you're going to laugh. 1995 is like 25 years ago. That's like last century, right? But I was doing AI back then. So I'm, I'm like, you don't need to school me about AI and the benefits of AI. I was there like before people even knew what AI was about. And, you know, I was telling people about AI in 1995, and you can imagine the looks that I got. You know, I remember walking into my career's library at school because we had careers library back then and i you know i graduated with a degree in ai i'm like i'm the big man i'm going to change the world you know here i come the future and i walked into the careers library and i saw the woman there and uh i said i graduated with a degree in ai and i need a job and so she looked at me first she was like you know what the hell is ai and i had to kind of explain it to her. And I, I should have really said, you know, AI is an idea ahead of its time, but I didn't. I sort of mentioned something about genetic algorithms and, you know, like all that kind of nonsense. And I just saw her eyes glaze over and uh, just as kind of, I was getting to the crescendo of the, my point about AI and how it's going to change the world. She pulled out this ring binder and she stumped it on the table in front of me. She goes, there, that's the job for you. And I sort of ran my finger down the list and it said, teach English in Japan. So there you go. Anyway, that's how I got to Japan. But the point is back then, AI was nothing like it is today. So how am I talking about AI? Well, the reason I'm talking about AI is because audio is the only channel medium that cannot be faked by AI. You can fake a voice, but you cannot fake a conversation, right? There is no way that this could be happening right now with a machine right? There is no way that you and I can have a conversation. And, you know, I ask you, oh, so how was your holiday in um, Switzerland last year? AI can't do that. It doesn't know. It doesn't have any context. It can't do it with subtlety. And the reason is, is that it's not about an exchange of information. It's about a connection, right? And that is why people are going to these platforms like Clubhouse for connection. It's not about content. It's about how we connect with one another. And why is it that Clubhouse has boomed during the COVID pandemic? It's not a coincidence. It's because it's creating what I call, and I learned this from the mobile world, social space. So what podcasts really are about is connection, not content. Now, if you look at, for example, how Clubhouse and podcasts work together, here's an idea for you. It's not about one competing with the other. Think of it in this way that podcasts are long-form content, right? Podcasts are assets. You create a podcast, it's out there forever. You can go and find episode one of Asia Tech Podcast. If you so desire, it's out there. I've got 500 episodes all out there. People can be listening to them now. I wouldn't advise episode one. It wasn't very good, but they get better and better. You can listen to the Tony Fernandez one. It's still there. It's going to be there for another 10 years. You know, I might not be here for 10 years, right? But my podcast will. Think of them as assets. However, the difference with Clubhouse is it's here and now. Like you're spinning the wheels. It's great for connection, but there's no asset. So where's the parallels between what's happened before for a, few, for a previous generation? Think of it in this way. Podcasts are like music. Clubhouse is like radio. They both need each other. 
they're both audio, they're both music, but they feed off each other, right? Like radio just is airplay. It gets people airplay for the music and it's a great discovery tool, but there's no asset. It doesn't go anywhere. It's four minutes and it's gone. But it may be a great way for me to discover your podcast, right? And you can draw people into the podcast. And that's where you can draw aligned traffic and really start working on your podcast as opposed to in it. But I wouldn't just think about Clubhouse. Think about all the other apps coming out. We've got Fireside app that's coming out later in this year. And this one as well. I want to share this app with you, which I think is really worth paying attention to. Uh, Discord. Now, if you've got teenage kids, I've got a teenage boy and uh, he loves Discord. It's I, I have an interesting story for you. Like So during the lockdown, all schools went online and Singapore was pretty fast to get that worked out. And they all went online and they had the e-learning thing. And it was pretty crappy experience for all kids globally because they missed the social contact. So they were having these lessons and you know, what was happening is like the school invests in all this technology, e-learning platforms, and they have, you know, their sort of proprietary technology and so on that the teacher can talk to the kids. And it's a bit like they have zoom and their Google meet or Microsoft teams. Right. But uh, what the kids did is they set up Discord channels. They set up these back channels to talk to each other during the lessons. So each lesson would have a Discord channel. And these were unofficial. And they were voice chats, you know, whilst they're having these presentations going, they had these voice chats going on, right? It was just like school. They were recreating, reclaiming their social space. And I tell you, I think that Discord is the next big thing because it's audio and it's for kids. It's communication and it's for teenagers. And if you want to understand really the long-term picture for podcasts, I want to end with a non-podcast story. Starbucks. And little known fact about Starbucks, right, is that it's from Seattle in the US, right? Why is that relevant? Well, yeah, friends and all that kind of stuff. That's Seattle, right? That's the Seattle vibe, right? And, you know, Starbucks blew up in the 90s, right? And it blew up with young people. And young people took it globally. You know, you go anywhere in the world, maybe there's a few aunties and uncles in Starbucks now, but at the beginning, it was all young people. They were the ones hanging out at Starbucks, right? Why? Well, look at Seattle as an example. Now, if like me, you graduated in the mid 90s, and you know you graduated into the world of grunge and nirvana and all that stuff. Seattle was not only a cool city, but it was the number one city in the US for inbound migration, meaning more young people moved to Seattle in the 90s than any other city in the US. What does that mean? It means that more young people were uprooted from their communities and their connections and their existing social bonds in Seattle than anywhere else in US. So it made sense that Seattle became the home to this third place. Howard Schultz calls it the third place, home office Starbucks. It was a social space that Starbucks created for young people effectively. And that is a need that's global. So when I hear young people now creating content to do it, to connect with each other, that warms my heart in terms of the future possibilities of podcasting, because it's them that will tell us how the future of podcasting will look. In the same way, if we go back to the mobile youth era, it wasn't people like me who really understood what mobiles could be. I didn't understand text messaging. I never assumed that young people would spend a lot of time on a student website just kind of hanging out and doing nothing. But, you know, that's why I was never one of the first investors of Facebook, right? It's the young people that will redefine it. And the reason they will redefine it is the reason everybody really gravitates towards podcasts. And that is connections, not content. It's this. This will never go away. This will never be replaced by machine. Human connection. You know, from the moment we are born, we, are, we grasp another human being. That is a natural human 
instinct and we never stop doing it. It's just that clubhouse, podcasts, mobile phones help us do it better. And the fact, if you look at the next screen, that young people are doing it now with podcasts, I think is something we as an industry should pay attention to, right? Because I think how they're using podcasts will tell us the way forward. And it may challenge us a little bit, but that's great. That's what we need, right? Just coming up then, how to get the guide. If you haven't got the SEO guide, I'm going to tell you how they just take your phone out, scan the um, or you just join us for the 20-minute chat. Do that. It's a lot easier because I can tell you what's in the guide and give you a copy anyway. And you can message me as well. That's a lot easier. Happy to chat with anybody here. Um, and I'll give you a copy of the guide on the next slide. This is what you'll get. Um, you can ping me as well. If you can't make it to the chat, just ping me. I'm happy to give you a copy of the guide. Hey, guys, this is podcasting for brands. And hopefully that was useful for everybody here. Um, hopefully there were a few pointers that useful for you. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know what necessarily your challenges are in podcasting, but we're all in this together. So hopefully some of my tips today were useful, right? Um, you know, hopefully getting us thinking about not just like in the podcast, but working on the podcast. There's a big difference. And you know what is what I would leave everybody with today is these thoughts that, um, you know, a lot of people have opinions about podcasts right now, uh, but a lot of people don't listen to podcasts and you're not worried about them. Like don't spend 90% of your energy trying to convert people to podcasts, right? Because 90% of people won't get it right now. We've seen the adoption curve, right? You only have one lifetime to give, right? And I hear people banging their heads against the wall, trying to convince their boss or their department or somebody in their organization to start a podcast. And unless they listen to podcasts, it's going to be tough, right? You've got to find the people in your organization or the people you're selling to who get it because, you know, like I said, there's a lot of energy to waste on people converting. Don't go around converting people. Instead, focus on the 10%. The 10% will influence the 90%, right? So focus 100% of your, 100 of your energies on the 10%, the, the fans, the heavy users, the people who get podcasts and let them do the selling. This is what this is about today. So hopefully this was useful to you. My name's Graham Brown. Thanks for joining for um, this fast podcasting for brands. There'll be more webinars and I'm happy if you ping me, you've all got my email address. If you ping me and suggest the kind of questions you want addressed in this uh, webinar, um, I'm happy to do that. There's a 20 minute um, podcast chat link in there and go and subscribe to my podcast, Podcast Maps, where I talk about all the data I've shared with you today. If you want to re really want to go in depth, dive into the world of podcast SEO, it's there. Podcastmaps.com. My name's Graham Brown. I'll see you at the next one.